Let's give God a big praise, a big praise, a big praise. Oh, Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that when we trade our tradition, we get transformation. When we trade our religion, we get relationship. But, Lord, I pray that we would make that great trade today. Make that trade right now. David had a great, great worship. Oh, David had a great worship. David danced before the Lord. David danced naked before the Lord. David shouted and praised and built a choir. But his greater worship caused God to do a greater work. So even when David failed morally, God was able to restore him because he was a worshiper. If the greater the worship, the greater the work. If you want God to do a greater work in your family, in your marriage, in your heart, in your children, in your grandchildren, you have got to go to a greater dimension of worship. And Lord, we thank you, God, that we are going to go deeper. We're going to go farther. We're going to exert more energy, God. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna exhaust ourselves instead of exhausting all of our other resources to fix our problems. I, I pray we'd exhaust ourselves in worship rather than exhaust ourselves just in work. I pray that we'd exhaust ourselves in worship, God, so that we don't have to exhaust ourselves fighting fights we shouldn't even be fighting. I pray that we'd exhaust ourselves in worship so that you are able to do the work and then you get all the glory. And Lord, I thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Uh, stay standing. I want to read the word to you today. It's a familiar word. It's a word you, you know very well, most do. It's the story of David and Goliath, and in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 21 through 27, I'm going to read that to you here in a second, but let me share something with you. It was wonderful. Yesterday, uh, we, uh, we found out we're having a girl, so which is really cool. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy to be a dad, and I'm happy to be a girl dad. You know, that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I figured out, though... Like, I was already engulfed. I'm, I'm, like, crying. I'm, like, it totally surprised me. Like, beautiful, wonderful surprise. I was kind of feeling boy, but I felt great. I was, like, I just want a healthy baby, and everybody says that. But at the same time, I was expecting it's going to be blue. And then when it turned pink, I was just, <gasps> and just bawled like a baby and cried and cried. And then I rewatched the video of our slow motion video and rewatch it and cry and cry and cry. I'm, like, why do I do this to myself? And then uh, I was like thinking of all the love that I want to pour in. But then I was thinking of all the protection. And that made me think like my dad bod. I started figuring out like what kind of dad bod I want. I was like, I don't want a Homer Simpson dad bod. I want like a, a King Triton off of Ariel dad bod. It's like huge and jacked and just ugh, powerful King Triton. Because I wanted to protect my baby girl. I, like it, it's, I, I, I'm already there. I'm already there. Like this is my princess and my queen. And. And this is my little castle, and watch out because uh, the warrior will come out if you don't knock the right way. And uh, but yeah, there's there's all these. It was just a surprise. And I'm going to read this passage to you. And many of you know the story, if not all of you, the story of David and Goliath. But I guarantee you today that when we're done and you leave here, you're going to say, "I never knew that was the point." Many of us. When, we, when I teach this, I'm going to teach you things you never knew about this passage of the Bible. And I'm going to show you that we miss the biggest point of this entire piece. And you're going to see great new surprises. Because I feel like there's been people, and this is what the Lord sent me here today. He feels, the Lord said, I want to give them a good surprise. Because when I say surprise, you're only used to the enemy surprising you with another attack. 
something negative. Oh, it's a surprise. It's not good. No, this is a good surprise. Okay? Say it's going to be good. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 21, it says this, For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array army against army, army against army. David left his supplies, the cheese and the bread, uh, at the hand of the keeper, uh, supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, nice talk, there was a champion. Everybody say champion. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, com- coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel, have you seen? He said, so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and give him his father's house exemption from taxes in the United in Israel in Jesus name then David spoke some of y'all are clapping because you're like I don't want to pay anymore uh, and then he said that David spoke to the men who stood by him what shall be done oh I pray somebody awakes today and says what shall be done to the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him and said in the manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Lord, I pray right now, something's about to be done. Lord, something's about to be done. No, no, not drawn out, not drug out. Something's about to be done. Something's about to be accomplished in somebody's life. Something, there's been a battle raging. There's been a fight that's warring. There's been a a voice that's been screaming and shouting. And now something is about to be done about it. And Lord, I thank you, God, that we get to leave here today celebrating, rejoicing, and praising, knowing that you have done it. And Lord, I thank you, God, that we get to stand in the wake of your victory. God, we get to stand in awe of your glory. And we get to stand knowing, God, that nothing, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And, Lord, we know, God, if you be for us, who be against us. So, God, do the battle for us. The battle is not mine, but the battle is the Lord's. And I thank you, God, that somebody's going to get a greater perspective. Somebody's going to get new revelation. Somebody's going to get new insight today, new wisdom, new direction, a battle plan to move forward. And I thank you, Lord, for what you have done and what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, anoint me to preach today and let me flow with you let me move with you and speak with you let me serve the meal as you as you fed it to me and lord i pray god lord that they would be able to receive some meat today in jesus name everybody who's ready to receive a good word said amen 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 Amen. you may be seated uh you may be touch two people and say it's gonna be good Amen. Open your Bibles. We're a note-taking church. We're a, 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 vo- a vocal church. We're an expressive church. And we take good notes because we take what God is saying to us seriously. Uh, don't tell me my message was good and, and tell me how great it helped you and, and not have written a word down. So I want you to write something down, at least the scripture. 
so you can go back and reread it again. Some of you are, are very good auditorily. Some of you are great visually. However that works for you, still process. Take time. You need time to process the word. Um, I want to paint this picture for you, and, and I want to talk to you about David and Goliath, and I want to talk to you about how powerful this story is beyond uh, your previous knowledge and understanding and perspective of the word. And so I want you to see a deeper revelation today, how powerful it can be for you. We start off in this story uh, after David's anointing and after his commissioning. He's out in the field. He beat his lion and his bear. And now the armies have gathered together on one hill and on the other, two mountaintops. And each Succoth, where the uh, Israel army is, it's the gateway to the northernmost part of Israel. And then the other side is the gateway to the Philistines. The name actually means two gates, double gates. And so that gateway on the mountaintop was to their territory, and then you have their territory. And then in the middle, you had Elah, and Elah, the valley of Elah, had a little river running through it, super pretty. Now I want you to visualize Sedona. There you go. Now you got a real little creek running right down there, and it's just as cold as ice. When I take all of you to Israel, we're taking 44 people to Israel next year. I'm telling you, we're going to baptize you in the Jordan. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't hit you, that ice water will hit you because it is cold in that water. And uh, it's going to be an incredible experience. But uh, th- this, that's what I want you to visualize. I want you to see that because there's a greater picture. Say there's a greater picture. And so this wonderful picture of this beautiful place but now becomes a battlefield is we have the Philistine army and then we have the Israel army. And then we have David who comes into play here in a minute. But before he gets there... Get, uh, Goliath from Gath. Now, Gath was not a part of Philistine. Gath was like a hired mercenary area. And so they literally hired Goliath to be a warrior. He was a paid mercenary to do one thing, kill. And he was an intimidator. He knew how to intimidate, and he loved to intimidate. He was a pro at intimidating people. He was a professional at causing people to have fear within them. And I think that we need to just take one little pause right here and let me tell you, people who use fear tactics at your board meetings and your business meetings, people who use fear tactics to cause fear and they're really good at it, the worst case scenario people, you need to pray for a deliverance over their life because this is how the enemy works. God works by faith. The enemy works by fear. Everybody needs a cautionary person around them, but that's a reverence towards, not a fear about. And so this is just extra for today. It's not really a part of the message, but I want you to see this because it's a leadership principle. If you're a part of a network or a business or, or any company, a, 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 a te- you have a teacher, a, a leader, a pre- anybody in your life, we used to have preaching that was all fear-based and would get people to get saved out of fear of dying and being separated from hell. And now we got a lot of people and we're trying to fix damaged people who have been building their faith on fear and have a destructive viewpoint on who Jesus is in their life, that he is this tormentor and we don't deserve anything good and we are miserable, pathetic people. But if we can train people to say, I need to see things through faith and not fear and I'm going to get faith-filled people around me. That's why church is important. Church is important because you get around faith-filled people instead of fear-filled people. And you get around faith-filled people because church is more important than anything. Because God's the one who created church. It was his idea. 
And imperfect people get to be a part of this process so God can get the glory. That even though we're imperfect, it still grows and thrives. Because a growing church is a godly church. This is good enough. Pre- I can walk off the stage and you've had enough meat today. But I, like this is good enough to understand the principles. for. Wh- I could list you 10 specific reasons why church was God's idea and how powerful it is. But we don't have time for that today. I got a different message that the Lord sent me here on. But when you get into understanding this picture, Goliath was then described after he shows up. They describe him as a champion, this tall, massive champion. And he had all this armor, heavy massive armor. They even had a a person who would go before him because of all this heavy armor, and the little guy would carry his shield out there. The shield was as big as him, and he'd carry it out there. And his number one job was when the shield bearer had one job. He was the hype man. (laughs) My guy's the best guy. (laughs) He beat a lot of other people, right? And he would intimidate. He's killed them. He's killed them. He won this battle for the Philippines. He won this battle. He won this battle. He won this battle. His job was to intimidate. And so then Goliath with trash talk on top of that. But I want to talk about the armor because the armor was so heavy. The armor was heavy, 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 heavy. I want you to write that down. Heavy, 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 heavy. Heavy. What what is weight on you heavy? The Bible says my burden is light, my yoke is easy. So if you got something heavy on you, why? And what is it? What's this heaviness that you have on you? What's this heaviness of doubt, this heaviness of depression? This heaviness of anxiety, this heaviness of worry, the heaviness of fear, the heaviness of of your pride, the heaviness of pressure to perform, the the heaviness of your preference and prejudice, the the heaviness and weightiness on you that can weigh on you and cover you. What, What is the weight that's pushing down on you saying, I will crush you. You'll never grow. You'll never get bigger. You're never gonna, you're never gonna accomplish. What is that heaviness? Because listen to me, this is important. When you see this heaviness in scripture, you ought to see the heaviness that tries to weigh on you because this heaviness is more real than you think. In 2020, we had, uh, the mental health lines, hotlines, they spiked 900%. Yeah, somebody say, whoa, again. Yeah, 900. That's two zeros, baby. 900%. Not, not nine, not 90. 900%. One out of four people thought about suicide. That's the t- statistic from 2020. That means I'm talking to some people who had some heavy thoughts. Divorce rate went up 70%. 70%. And, and, and not only that, 70% of ministers wanted to quit. And if they could, they, they were interviewed. They interviewed hundreds of pastors, and they interviewed them with one question. They said, if you could quit and go do something else, would you? And they said, yes, but I don't know anything else I can do. So I'm stuck. We have ministers who stay because they have to rather than they're I don't have time to go into that. We, we got a, 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 it's depression. It's anxiety. What is the heaviness that has been weighing on you? That's why it's quiet right now because I feel like I am talking to one in four. And I'm speaking to some of you. Some of you online, you thought about taking your life. That's why we opened our doors. We had five suicides in our town alone that happened right after each other. Of names I knew, people I've seen, that I shook their hand. And I love them and prayed for them. And they took their life because the heaviness was too much on them. But I'm here to tell you there is a victory beyond this. God's got a greater level of breakthrough for you. It's coming. It's coming. 
but, but you got to hear. See, you got, one, you got one guy coming from Bethlehem, and you got another guy coming from Gath. See, the, the, the Israelites, where they were, they were just in their land. They were just on their side of the fence. They didn't go looking for a fight. The fight came to them. I didn't go looking for Goliath. Goliath came looking for me. And some of you, you're in that phase where you're like, I wasn't asking for all of this. I didn't look for that fight. I didn't sow this. God, where did this battle come from? Where did this giant come from? And this mercenary was hired to do one thing, intimidate you in your life, to get you to cower in a place of fear instead of rise to a place of faith. And so we have to see why Goliath is here because you didn't go looking for a fight fight came looking for you and then then we hear about young David David came from Bethlehem and as David came from Bethlehem David came in and he was just going to serve his brothers some wine and some cheese and some bread somebody said amen <laughs> hallelujah he came to serve them and this is just another side thing that I want you to see as a leadership principle I've always taught this for many years now is the place from the pasture to the palace the bridge is called serving. The place from obscurity to notoriety, the, the bridge is called serving. If you want to see another dimension, another level in your life happen for your life, it's going to come through serving. We always want the palace, but we don't want to serve the house of God. We want the palace, but we don't want to serve each other. We want the palace, but we don't want to serve our spouse. We want the pal We want the victory. We want the other side of this, but we don't want to serve our way there. Let me just tell you, you got to serve your way there. Amen. And so that David gets there, when he gets to this battlefront, he comes in, and that's where we hear him. He, he walks up. Now, first off, he was going back and forth all the time. This was not David's first trip. If you read the whole chapter, you're going to see David had made the trip multiple times. And so David, they were familiar with David coming. They didn't have a problem with David coming to the battlefield. When he showed up to the battlefield, and he heard Goliath taunting the people of Israel, David said, who is this? And spoke up. That's when everybody had a problem. <laughs> because his brothers knew that he had an anointing to be king. His brothers knew. Come on, y'all have family? Anybody got siblings? You know all the good and all the bad about them. And the little brother, the baby brother shows up. You know what, he, you know what they are capable of and what they're not capable of. And these brothers right here, they knew David had beaten a lion. They weren't intimidated that David showed up. They were intimidated that David could win the battle that they were afraid of. And they were insecure about it. Now let me show you exactly why, Okay. I want you to read this verse. It looks like an obscure verse, verse, verse 14, and it doesn't look like it fits in. It says David was the youngest. We already knew that. And the, there's three older brothers that were there. We already knew that. But what does it say? Put it up there again. Keep it up there. But they followed. Come on, church. They followed. Be careful who you follow because that's who you will become. Saul, we see through his whole life, was insecure and these three brothers decided, after David was anointed to be king, they decided to follow Saul. Instead of finding a way to serve and be with their... What, what if they were in the field? David, we got your back. We love you. We know you're going to be king. David, you're going to do this. David, we got you. No, insecure, insecurity ruled their hearts. And so when David just showed up to the field, that was fine. When David brought the cheese and the wine, that was good. When David brought all that fun stuff, but when David said, what are we going to do about him? 
Oh, can I preach for just a second on this point? Well, what are we going to do about poverty in Flagstaff? What are we going to do about prejudice? What are we going to do about our prison system? What are we going to do about all the issues in our economy and our world? What are we going to do about the hatred and division? What are we going to do about the attack against police and attack against black people? What are we going to do? Where are the giants that we need to identify? And I pray somebody would rise up in this church and say, what are we going to do about that? Oh, no, 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 don't talk trash against the church. What are we going to do about that? No, no, don't come in here and judge our church. What are we going to do about that? Because somebody needs to stand up and say, what are we going to do about that? It's interesting that the Bible says that David heard. Why didn't David see? Did you, you, did you catch that part when we read the scripture? David heard it. He didn't see Goliath. Maybe that's why David had a lot of courage. <laughs> Everything that. Maybe he just couldn't see him. He was like, probably a little guy like me. I'm good. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, David heard him. David heard him but didn't see him. It's, this is what you need to see in the scripture. If, he, if Goliath had never said anything and only stood there, David would have never gone after him. But because Goliath decided to speak up, that was his mistake. And David said, you should have never said anything. Now you're done. My mentor told me this. He said, he said, he said Landon, that God will allow the enemy to be revealed to you only so he can poke his head out so you know how to cut it off. That you cannot hit a target you cannot see. And sometimes the voice of the enemy may sound intimidating, but you should start rejoicing and saying, oh, yeah, I didn't know where you were, but now I know where that little spirit of it, now I know where that demonic power is. Now I know where that idol is. Oh, I'm thanking God that the enemy spoke up. Go ahead and speak. Go ahead and talk. You're not greater than the voice of God in my life. And so I get strong. I get passionate. Why? Because... I, I don't, I'm not okay with the enemy thinking he can talk. Let him talk. Somebody say, let him talk. Let him talk. Let him show himself. And as he shows himself, then all of a sudden, somebody's got to rise up and say, we can beat this guy. Now, let me flip this story on, on its head and do something totally different. What, hap what would happen if we didn't just look for David to fix our problems? But what if the army just said, because David went and fought him with what? A sling and a stone, right? He was supposed to fight, according to the rules of battle, you're supposed to fight with a sword and a spear. So David fought him in an uncommon way and broke the rules, technically. Right? So he broke the rules. This guy's out there chanting, bring one warrior. What if the whole army was like, forget that. Let's go. And all of them charged and beat Goliath. See, what we've done is we've looked at this story and we've read it over and over and over again. And we're like, oh, thank God someone's going to do the missions work. We'll pray for you, brother. Oh, thank God, pastor, you just get them saved and we'll come to church and sit and watch. Oh, thank God. Some, we're just looking for a David to fight for the whole nation instead of a nation rising up and saying, God, let's do this together. No, you don't have to fight alone. You don't have to fight alone. You don't have to fight. Oh, somebody shout it. You don't have to fight alone. You don't have to fight alone. You don't have to fight alone. Why are we waiting for other people to do our fighting for us? And yet we're like, oh, they'll do it. They'll do it. I'm just not that energetic like that Pastor Landon guy. Let's let him do all the screaming. Let's let somebody else do my fighting for my family. Let's let somebody else fight for the next generation. 
Let's let somebody else fight for the kingdom. Let's let one fight alone where many could stand. We need to flip this script. What would happen if the whole ark, we would be reading a story about God saying, this is how I called you to work together instead of looking for just one person to fix it all. But it was also a story, of course, towards Jesus. It was setting up the Messiah, showing that he was going to be able to do something that none of us can do. So then the other side of this coin is some battles aren't yours. Some battles are not yours. I'm going to say it again because some of you think that argument in your mind right now with that person that's not even in front of you is worth your fight. And it's not your fight. Stop arguing. Stop fighting a fight you shouldn't even be in. It's a waste of your energy and time. Now, this happens, and and David hears it, and when David hears this and David responds, his brothers, of course, try to keep him in his place, because anytime you want to do better, somebody will always remind you, just remember, Pastor Landon, this is Flagstaff. Just remember, businesses don't do that great. Just remember, people always are comfortable as long as you stay where they tell you. But the moment you want to go beyond them, the moment you want to go past them, the moment you want to succeed, the moment you want to do better, oh, then everybody's got an opinion. Then everybody's got a voice about what you do and how you spend your, did you get your tax return? How many people, (laughs) how many people would love a hundred voices in your life? This is what you should do with that money there, brother. Let me help you out. Because anytime you're succeeding, your business does good. Hey, this is how you should run your business. This is how you should run your marriage. Everybody's got an opinion because they they don't want you going farther than them. Them. Now you're going to have cheerleaders too, but you're also going to have people who love keeping you where you are. Well, David goes beyond this. So because David sees beyond this. So he doesn't see the battle as his brothers. He goes on and he talks to Saul. When he talks to Saul, Saul tries to cover him in his armor. Saul says, hey, you ought to wear this. And David has this wonderful, amazing conversation. I wish I could unpack it all. But David has this conversation about how now that he's went from the army and he went from the crowd, he goes into the tent with just the king and he shares, hey, I've killed a lion and a bear. He shares his victories with the king. Be careful of sharing your victories with the crowd instead of the king. Your victories with the crowd, they may not respond so well to. But your victory with the king. Kings understand winning. Oh, yeah, that'll preach. Kings, great people, great men and women of God. If you're around somebody and you share a victory with them, you'll know if there's a king inside of them, if they celebrate with you. Oh, that's awesome. You kill a lion and a bear, you got this. You kill a lion, oh my God, you're going to be able to do it. You, they're going to celebrate your victory instead of be jealous about how you've done things. And then Saul says, put on the armor. So he tries to put the armor on him. Doesn't work. David gets his sling and he goes and gets his stones. He goes and gets a sling, goes and gets his stones, he gets his staff. And he says, I got this. And he goes up to fight Goliath. And when he goes to fight Goliath, he steps up and he looks at Goliath and he has these five smooth stones in his bag. You ever, ha- you ever gone to church and they preach about the five smooth stones? Like everybody, anybody and their mother. Everybody's heard about the five smooth stones and how David killed Goliath. And I, pre- I, I preach messages on all the five smooth stones. I've given out rocks, stones at church. Like, everybody remember your rock. You're going to throw it at your giant. And we talk about how, like, everybody's getting their rock. And we, we kind of glorify the rock. But it's not so much that the rock should be glorified, but it's really about what you think about the rock. Can I preach for just a second? It's not that the rock was so great. It's what David thought about the rock. 
It's not so much that it was powerful as what David thought about it was so powerful. It's not so much about the talent inside you. It's about what you think about the talent inside you. It's not about your IQ so much as what you think about how good you are, how you can look inside yourself and say, it's what I have, what I think about what God has given me. That's what gives me real power because I'm not looking and saying it's not enough. I'm saying what I have is more than enough. God, all good gifts come from the Father of heavenly lights. I have good things inside of me. I have good gifts with me. God has been faithful. Can I take it one more step? God says, I've downloaded the Holy Spirit in you, and now the evidence of the Holy Spirit is the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not so much what I, it's not so much that I have the Holy Spirit with me, because I hope you do, but it's what I think about the Holy Spirit. If I think about the Holy Spirit as just this little it, ghost thing, that floats around people, and some can see and feel, but some can't. And oh, this is how it is. And some have a greater level of the Holy Spirit, and some have a lesser of the Holy It's about what you think, because if you think that the Holy Spirit is like that, then that's all he will be to you. But if you can say, my God is the creator of heaven and earth, and he has filled me, empowered me, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk and not fail. I am empowered by the Holy Spirit to lay hands on people and watch them heal. I am empowered to speak with words of knowledge and wisdom, a gift of prophecy, a gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. I am gifted with miracles and healings. I am gifted by God. It's what I think about my rock. That's what makes the rock important. Give God a few seconds of praise right there. Come on, give him a real praise. It's what I think about, my friend. Oh, it's what I think about my. It's what I think about my spouse. Having a spouse is good. Some of you who are single, all you think about is when I get married. I'm talking to the guys right now. You're gonna have sex all the time, okay? <laughs> you think that, okay? But it's not so much about just having a spouse. That's the good part. It's what you think about. Isn't that why God didn't just say, here's your spouse? He said, here's your helpmate. So now he's not just identifying you got something, but he's saying what to think about that something. Is everybody following? Is this good? What you think about your church is is better than just having a church. Don't just come to church and act like we're just here to watch. And we're here to, as a voyeur, you're just a voyeur and a spectator. What you think about, are we powerful? Are we strong? Can we change our city? What you think about your church. What you think about your, what you think about the world. Oh, it's just a historical book. No, no, it is the living, breathing manifestation of the word of God, immutable, and it cannot be denied. Oh, come on, somebody help me preach today. This right here is what you think about what you have. That's why God constantly says, I've got to change your mind. I've got to help you transform your stinking thinking because it's what you think about a thing. As Josh comes, I've got to get ready to close, but I... I'm not even to the main part, but, but I'm getting there because it's how David responds and what happens after. Because then David goes to the men, and we read the part where he goes to the men. He says, what shall be done for the man? If I beat him, what's going to happen? I want you to write this down. Write it down in your notes. What's going to happen when I beat my giant? 
Write it down. Because you need to start identifying the why. If all you see is the fight and you don't see the why, it's not going to be worth it. But David, here's a why. David knows he's anointed to be king. And first off, I could guarantee you this. If David heard a threat of Israel being defeated and he knows he's supposed to be king, but if the whole nation is defeated and he kept it, there's no king. So I, number one, we've got to have a nation to have a king. So Then also he says, oh, then I get, I get paid? Cha-ching. Did you know that money is not evil? The love of money is evil? And the only people who view money in an evil perspective are overly religious people and overly worldly people. People who preach an overly prosperous doctrine and people who preach a poverty doctrine. But the Bible says a provisional doctrine, I shall meet all your, all your needs according to my riches and glory. When God wants to bless you with a new car, let him bless you. Quit acting like you're in charge of the way you get blessed. Anyway, that's... That's extra. So many people, like, it's, it's funny how people think that, though. They, they really do. They'll, they'll get something new and act like it would. They thank God. They're going to be, oh, thank you, Jesus. I picked it out. I bought it. But thank you. Oh, Jesus was good. I got, no. Look, look, look. God did that. God set it up for my wife. I got married because God did it. I got to praise the Lord. I got, we having a baby because God did it. We're having a, we're, we have a house because God did it. We have, I believe that God blesses me when I don't know I need to be blessed because I'm living a provisional doctrine and God says, I got you. So anyway, I got to get off my soapbox, get back on topic. David hears all that. He's going to get paid. He's going to get a wife. All you single people say Amen. Oh, that was so quiet and passive. Oh, I know we've got rows of them. If you're single, say amen. amen. Yes, hallelujah. Good God. If they don't want the person next to them thinking that they're too aggressive. And red, I'm just kidding. I take all that back. So, so they, have, uh, they have this, uh, they, they, they're going to get married. And then after that, he says, and all your debt, you don't have to pay tax, your debt will be wiped away. I, I, one uh, young lady who volunteers at this church, she came up to me and said, how do I handle getting debt free? And I said, just having the mentality, yes. that's your first step. Yes. Be practical about it and be prayerful about it. Watch God do everything for you. But that's where we, we step into this wonderful debt-free place. And then all this, he's like, okay, great. Why? Now, this is so important because this is the message. Remember when I told you that they were on each hillside and it was the gate to each territory? If all you see is the battle, you'll never be able to see the blessing. But I want to teach you the title of my message, and I wanted to give it to you at the end, is Beyond the Battle. I don't need to see everything that's a fight. I don't need to see only giants. I don't need to see only arguments. I don't need to see everybody as my enemy. Everybody's against me. They're all talking trash. They're all coming after me. Somebody needs to get free of seeing only your giant, and you need to see beyond your giant, beyond your battle, beyond your... Because when you see beyond... All of a sudden, that giant gets real small because you get on a mountaintop perspective and you're like, Goliath doesn't look that big. Because I'm not just here to win a battle, I'm here to win a war. 
I'm not here to just win one little fight. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm not, my battle isn't against flesh and blood. That's why David, I know David had this perspective because when he showed up, he said, you come against me with a spear and a sword, but I, I come against you with a greater perspective. I come against you with a greater vantage point. I come against you in the name of the Lord. And he began to see beyond Goliath. Goliath got real small and shrunk all of a sudden because David wasn't looking at Goliath. David was looking at God. David looked up to heaven like Jesus took his cup and he, he said, you know what, God, I bless it. it. Just like Jesus, when he was in the garden, he looked up and he prayed. Why? Because he's saying, I'm not looking at the cross. I'm not looking at all the battle. I'm not looking at all the fight. I'm looking at my blessing. I'm seeing beyond my battle into my blessing. There is a blessing coming for all mankind. And if it was true for David and it's true all the way through the bloodline to Jesus, then it's true about you. You gotta see beyond your battle and you gotta see into your blessing. My wife had to take shot after shot after shot after shot after shot. And no, I'm not talking about tequila. I'm talking about she had injections, that she had bruises. 621 that we could count. And we weren't able to grab all the ones that we, when we were traveling, that we disposed of. Plus the hundreds and hundreds of pills. Plus the hours, the alarms. She had seven alarms throughout the day. Take this, do this, take this, do this, take this, do this, take this, do this. Hey, tomorrow, wake up, take this, do this, take this, do this. For two years. For IVF. But if all my wonderful wife could see is the battle, it would be overwhelming. <sighs> we're, we're not pregnant yet. It's not happening yet. Oh my, more shots, more pills. All I see. If all you see is the battle in front of you, you'll never see yourself around. You'll be frozen in the battle. But if you can see beyond the battle into your blessing, the battle will become nothing and easy to win. And all of a sudden, you'll be able to move forward and say, oh, I'm getting through my battle into my blessing. I'm going beyond my battle into my blessing. Beyond my battle into my blessing. Oh, come on. Give God a real praise. If you believe that your blessing is on the way. If you're going to see beyond your battle, oh, come on, begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. As you worship him, as you worship him, as you worship him, you're going to see beyond your battle. That's why Titus, uh, the book of Titus is really small, but Titus 1, verse 5, I think it is. Titus says, to the pure, everything is pure. Then he talks about your conscience and your mind and how it's totally corrupted if you're seeing the other way. Because anybody who can see somebody and see pure, even if they're acting crazy, and, but you can see goodness, you got purity in your heart. If you question it and look at it and you think, is that wicked? Is that evil? Is that right? Is that wrong? I bet they're doing wrong. It's because you're seeing what you probably would do in that situation. If there's wickedness that you see, it's because there's wickedness in me. <sighs> yep, got real quiet. But when, didn't he say, everything that is good, everything that is praiseworthy. When I see people, I don't see a zero. I don't see a questionable. Oh, I wonder where their character integrity is. No, I bet. I got two, two dudes back here. They look like twins, but they're not twins. They look like brothers. They're not even brothers. But they, they laugh, like giggle at all, all the time. All the time. Like, I'm tell, I'll be preaching. They're like, ah, it's a serious point. People are crying. And they're like, why? Because they just view life. 
everything's a joy. Everything's amazing. Everything's good. When they start laughing, I'm like, keep laughing, guys. Because you know what? Because they see things differently. I hope we all can see things differently and see things with joy, see things with hope, see things with love, see things with peace, see things with purity, see things with power. Oh, hallelujah. Deliver us. Deliver us from a perspective of only the battle. Help us see beyond our battle. Let me pray with you, Lord, in Jesus' name, right now, right now, right now. If you want to receive this blessing, I want you to raise your hands right now. If you want to see beyond your battle and into your blessing, you better stretch your hands as high as they can go because God is saying right now, I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to elevate your thinking. It's not about the battle down there with Goliath in the valley. It's about the mountaintop that you're supposed to take. And if you can see it, for what it truly is, instead of just seeing the story of Goliath and David as this little boy versus this big giant, it's much more than that. It's so much more than that. And Lord, I pray that you would reveal, 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 show somebody something new. Surprise somebody right now with something good. Surprise somebody with something special. Surprise somebody, God, with power and authority and confidence and security. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for nearsightedness to go away. I, I pray that, Lord, anybody who can't, who's short-sighted and small perspective, God has never been pleased by small thinking and safe living. Your job is to step out and dream bigger, think bigger see farther. That's why the Bible says his word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Why? Because he wants you to see the next steps, but he also wants to see the whole road. He wants you to see the whole road in front of you. The believers who've been living under here in a false doctrine that God just wants you to just take one step at a time and never see another step in front of you, I'm here to set you free. Because if a lie has held you captive, then the word of God, the truth of God will set you free. And God wants you to see farther than you've ever seen. God wants to expand your horizon, expand your perspective and see a greater dimension than you've ever seen before. And I thank you, God, that you're going to take these believers into a new dimension. You're going to take somebody into a whole new perspective. David could overlook Goliath because God was bigger than his giant. And I thank you, God, that we are seeing a greater beyond. We're seeing beyond our battle into our blessing. And no matter what giant we face or what heaviness we may wear, we can be free, we can overcome. Right now, if it's addiction, we're overcoming it. Oh, somebody worship. Uh, if, if, it's, if, it's a, if it's a mind issue, if it's a heart issue, God, Lord, whatever it may be, if it's a pornography issue, if it's a, 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 an idol issue, God, if it's a doubt issue, a pessimist issue, God, I pray right now that they be set free in the name of Jesus. It's just as powerful as a physical healing people you can see a leg be straightened. I've seen that. But a heart and a mind take all. Uh, that's a powerful miracle. And Lord, I pray a powerful miracle would take place in hearts and minds right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray heaviness come off. His burden is like his yoke is easy. Right now, in the name of Jesus, anybody who's felt heavy, heavy with anxiety, heavy, heavy with worry, heavy with stress, heavy with work, heavy with the pressures of the world, I want you to just say, Lord, take it off, take it off, take it off. Just begin to say, take it off, Lord, take it off, Lord. I, I want to wear yours. I want you what you have for me. In Jesus' name, I pray that you take it off. Take it off right now. And Lord, we thank you, God. We're not going to leave here weighed down anymore. Somebody's going to leave here light as a feather today. Light as a feather walking on clouds, 
And I pray that their head would remain in the clouds with that perspective in their hand to the plow. For we have a heavenly mindset, but an earthly work to accomplish. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you're going to help us accomplish that good work. In Jesus' name, everybody who received what God had for you today, said amen. 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 I, I want to keep preaching, but I can't. We're out of time, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to finish this at next service with Goliath. It's a really cool perspective on if you understand the, the, the chemical makeup of a giant and what, what really ailed him. But it's, it, that's later. I just want to tease you and taunt you with it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll preach at next service. Maybe you can stream at home and hear about it because it's healthy. It's helpful. But I want, I want you to be here Tuesday night for prayer. Wednesday night, get here early. Wednesday nights are packed out, overflow, lobby, and it will be this Wednesday, especially with our men going. You have to, we're going to put out extra rows. It's all, it's over, over, over full. Uh, we almost have to have two Wednesday nights, but we'll, we'll fill it up. We'll figure it out and then just be here on Wednesday. It's going to be powerful. And then of course, we've got an incredible next Sunday, uh, but let's speak this bridge declaration and be dismissed. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. Love you. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at weirbridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today. And we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected because we're so much better together. This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. And open the grave, I'm coming out, I'm gonna live, gonna live.